With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There's no doubt it's embarrassing for Celtic to go out of the Champions League uh, at this stage. I think we all know the reasons. Sliding it through here for Montgomery, and it's put away by Jota. Celtic hit the front again, and are they on course for an away day success for the first time since Valentine's Day?
Hi everyone, and thanks so much for tuning in to episode 115 of GigPod. You all know what it stands for by now, so trust the process. It will be GigPod going forwards with this intro spiel that I do. Speaking of intros, that was a bit of a longer intro than we usually do, but I think you'll agree it was worth it. It was quite special, and that's why we're doing today's podcast, to talk about this season, which has been just marvellous, and it's all down to Ange. I'm Stevie, and I'm with Frizo to chat about a wee bit of the game, but mainly the great day that was Saturday, May the 14th, as Celtic trounced Marble 6-0, doing as the manager promised and sprinting over the line on what was a really memorable trophy day at Celtic Park. Rizzo, did you make the game or did something come up? <laughs> you bastard. Hey, hi, everyone. Well, I'll talk about what I done on Saturday later, but let's just cut to the chase and get to the, the great day that it was, apparently, at Celtic Park where we beat Motherwell 6 nothing, But Stephen, as you love to do, tell us what you've done, how you got to the game, what it was like before the game, because I saw that you were there earlier, even earlier than we were for the Hearts game, which I could understand for once because we were getting the trophy. But set the scene for us. What was it like doing at Celtic Park an hour before kickoff? Well, let me tell you something, brother, in the immortal words of uh, Hulk Hogan now. <laughs> I was up quite early, about nine-ish or so, and did what I had to do family-wise, Left about 10, walked down to... In fact, do you know what? I got a shave. I went and got a shave. And then I went down to Celtic Park about half 10 to pick up the media pass. And I'll go into that later. But Celtic Park was jumping at half 10. I couldn't believe how many people were there just to like sort of revel and soak up the atmosphere. To drink it in, if you will. And we did that later on in the night. People were buzzing from early doors. And just everybody down there, they had a big smile on their face, John. You already knew... It was going to be a special day ahead, and it certainly was. I'll talk about like past trophy days later, but I just had a feeling this is going to be the best one. However, the moment in the morning, by far, was when I just have my phone. Like, I don't get notifications on my phone. It doesn't pop up as a preview, so I do get the wee um, buzzing alert, the vibration, and it was going mad. And I was like, okay, what app is this? It could be like 1 in 10. But I saw like, the Twitter thing had like 20 plus, and I'm going... What did I say last night? I wasn't that drunk. And then I just looked at the GigPod account and Celtic had used the patter not long now, about like 10-ish, and everybody was just like tagging us in it and saying, how class was that? And John, I got to say, that was very funny by the club. It was, and I don't even know who does the media uh, for Celtic, but whoever it is is obviously a fan of this fantastic podcast, so... Maybe they can give you some free tickets next year if we don't get a season ticket between us. But no, uh, that was very funny. And I did notice that on a bus while on a, my way to an undisclosed location. And I had to explain to my cousin why I'd burst out laughing on the bus. But uh, no, it was, uh, that was good as Celtic. Right, so continue on with what happened then. What was it like, the game? I've just saw the goals. I didn't even bother watching highlights. I was... Uh, I was too tired yesterday, let's say. But uh, what was the game like, the atmosphere, the entire game? The When the players came onto the park, I mean, the crowd must have roared their appreciation for this wonderful team. And go through what the game was like and tell us what the Tom Rogic substitution was like because I have to say, I'm sad that I did miss. Tom Rogic, who everybody knows on GigPod that I'm a big fan of, I've loved him for years and when we do our Tom Rogic special episode soon, I'll go on and on about him, about him non-stop. So tell us about the game, the atmosphere inside the stadium, 
your highlights of the goals and, of course, Tom Rogic's sad, sad substitution. And your beat on coming on as well. We can't forget him. He came on at the end. So tell us your thoughts and all that. Just before the game, it was like a really positive atmosphere, John, as I was saying. Again, I mean, the roar was deafening. The scenes with the pyro and everybody you looked at was just smiling and in a good mood. Not to mention the fact that it was a great sunny day as well. So the weather played its part. You add all that together, you're going to get a really sort of special occasion. And it also helped it, John, as I said, Murrow are not a top six team. And I did go into this game expecting us to, as Anne said, end the season on a high. I thought we were going to win four or five. So Celtic exceeded my expectations there. But yeah, I mean, even all the goals were just brilliant. Thought Kyogo was first. He took it so well. Liam Kelly, I think, of Murrow is a very good goalkeeper. They're a bad team, but he's a good goalie. But he could do nothing with any of the goals. I mean, all right, GG's won. I would say, like, the last one. Sclaffed it over the line, fine. Bit of an ugly goal. But every other one was impressive. The way Tumble created space for himself and stabbed the ball under him. That was a great finish. Kyogo, man, that <laughs> got to make it 3-0. Incredible. We have to talk about that. What about Ralston's ball? What about the finish? It's probably a goal of the season contender, and that is a shoot. It was just phenomenal. Uh, it was a great goal. Uh, you did text me during the game uh, that it was Larson-esque, and it was Larson-esque, but... As you say, shout out to Anthony Ralston. That was an absolutely brilliant uh, cross. And you've seen Kyogo like, pointing to him before it and like making the run. So he did really well to sp- uh, spot that. And who, who needs JJ now that we've got Ralston, right, Stevie? <laughs> no, that was a really, really good goal. And that's 20 goals Kyogo's ended up with for this season. If he hadn't had that injury, he could easily have got 40, I think. And with the chances that he missed, he could have, this season he could have scored a lot more. But no... That's a great way for Kyogo to end the season. I mean, as you say, his first goal was really sharp, but I think I don't think Liam Kelly expected that. That was a really smart finish, and that was a goal of the season contender. I mean, we've scored a couple of good goals against uh, Motherwell this season. David Tumble scored one uh, when we won at Fur Park. That was a, a classic shot, and even the winner, I think, December, when Rogic scored, it was a well-worked free kick, but no, that was an exceptional goal. And he saved the best to last. Kyogo, I mean, what a player he's been for us. If he hadn't had that injury, I think he'd have won every single award gone. Should have been him and no. Craig Gordon, that would have been, and Cal McGregor, that would have been scooping up the awards. But no, thought it was a brilliant goal and just sad I didn't get to see him in person. But, but I'm over it now. <laughs> Sniff. We were saying at the Hearts game, the amount of off-the-ball runs that you notice Kyogo making, if you maybe sit in the upper section of Celtic Park, you really do see more than obviously where I usually am in the lower because, John, when we were at the North Stand Upper for the Hearts game, I mean, it was no exaggeration, like the amount of runs he was making that we just didn't spot. We didn't have the midfield, not to downplay our midfield who were brilliant in that Hearts game, but I'm just saying in terms of Kyogo, it's a compliment to him, John. I genuinely reckon he's like two or three steps ahead of everybody else. Uh, he's the smartest player in Scottish football, and I think it's still taking time for no disrespect to our players. So when we get in his wavelength, I mean, as you said, so many times he'd done runs through the middle that nobody spotted. It was good that Ralston actually did spot it for once. But no, that was a great goal. But I thought that uh, Gigi's goal was maybe just as good in a different way. I mean, what a fantastic finish that was, the overhead kick. I mean, that, that says it all about a good striker, what a good striker is. I mean, he manages to score a, a goal like that and then his next goal was like a sclaff that he sort of bundled over the line and that's him joint top scorer in the league with 13 goals. I think he got 15, 16, maybe 18 goals in total, but he's definitely joint top scorer. Uh, 
in the league, which is amazing when you consider that he scored one goal for Celtic last year. So he's got all those goals after the break. And we've, ra- we've raved about him so many times on the board, how brilliant he was in both the games against Rangers, how he was a huge miss in the Scottish Cup game, which I think we would have won if he'd been available. But no, I thought Gigi's goal was absolutely brilliant. And what an astute signing he's turned out to be. I know everybody was worried about him and people panicked after he missed that penalty against Livingston, but he's came good and we didn't miss Kyogo really when he was out for all the months. But I thought that Gigi's goal was fantastic. Now, after the game, we were speaking to Gigi and asked him about the second half of the season, how the first half for him was a bit of a struggle and there was a lot of doubters and obviously that penalty miss didn't help. Second half of the season, he's really sort of came into his own. And a lot of that's been down to him. Of course, I think Ange plays a large part in that as well. But Gigi has largely got himself through the initial sort of problems he was facing at Celtic in the first few months. And I just asked him why that is. Is it a case of, is he now happy in Glasgow? Is his family happy in Glasgow? Is he like settled here? He said, yeah, he loves his life. Um, he loves the city. He loves the club. So it does feel like Gigi is very much going to be a mainstay, certainly with Celtic and in Glasgow for some time, John, and that's only good news for everyone concerned. Hey, he knows the city, just look, just like Neil Larry did. Dyson Maeda with three assists as well, John. You're right, Dyson Maeda did have three assists, which was brilliant. And I said it before in the last podcast, or the one before that, I was a can't remember, we've done so many, that next season he's going to be even better for us because he... Uh, Wolt will have a like a full pre-season training and he won't be knackered. Same way Hitati as well. Even Idaguchi, maybe I noticed that he came on as a sub in Saturday, which was interesting. I don't know if that's a pointer for next season. But no, I thought he was good for what I've saw in the clips. I mean, three assists, you can't, you can't complain about that. What a, what a great signing he's been. I mean, he hit the ground running with that goal against Hibs. And that performance at Ibrox, I know he went on about it at length in the post-Rangers victory pod, but that was absolutely brilliant. He just knocked his pan in for the team that day. He was absolutely selfless, and he's been a great signing. Nearly everyone I just signed has been great, and that's just another one. Right, so before we go on to the celebrations at the end, we need, to, we need to talk briefly, or I'll start crying, about the two players that announced that they were leaving Celtic, Tom Rogic and Neil Beaton. Rogic did go off in the, I think, 61st minute, when we did one of our usual uh, triple substitutes. And uh, he was visibly moved when he went off, just as I was when I watched it on uh, Saturday night when I was drunk. And Nier Beaton came on for the last five minutes as well, replacing Carmel Rigger. Now, did Nier Beaton get handed the captain's armband, Stevie, for that last five minutes? I didn't notice. Yes, he did, and rightfully so. John, you saw me against Hearts a couple of weeks ago. In fact, no, maybe you didn't see me, but you certainly knew that I was moved to tears in that 4-1 game against him. I don't really want to talk about that further, but yeah, unfortunately, the Rogic substitution was pretty, it was a sore one, because even for myself, John, this is where the audience probably have to hear the truth, and John, you've known me a long time, and I've not always been a Rogic fan, he's frustrated me off the ball, frustrated me with his efforts in Europe at times, he was always like a, a moments player, I felt, but what I will say is this season, you know, when Tom Rogic had to, he's really stepped up for us. Starting with, as I've tweeted about it and I've said it on 67 Hail Hail, the way, you know, that he hit the ground running this season under Ange against AZ Altmar, he looks so fit, he looks so hungry, changed the game for us at Pataudry with that through ball to Montgomery and he squared it for Jota and that's where our season really took off. He dragged us through December with goals and assists, John, that if he wasn't av- available, there's no way that we win that league in the game at Ibrox as well. Bossed it. 
totally bossed it. He was so casual. He was so in the mood as well. But he bossed it in that first half, and he did the damage and controlled the game for us. And I mean, honestly, what a legacy to leave behind. The fact that not only you know he's really helped us towards the title this season, and he's been so so important for us, but it's the fact that he has made me sort of realise what a mug I was. When deep down, Rogic was always a fantastic player, just mismanaged, I would say. But Ange has got the best out of him, and it just goes to show that, you know, this season, we've had the best manager. Fourth home, Rogic, there's no doubt about it, but big up to Rogic, man. He was been, he's just been fantastic over the years, and uh, I certainly appreciated the contribution he's made to Celtic. I wish him well. Some of the goals he scored were just incredible, and I can't wait to talk about him in the pod we're going to do probably next week. We have him beat on, John. Yep, what a plug that is. The the Tom Rogic's near beat on uh, spectacular, because we didn't mention near beat on much there, but don't worry, we will talk about his uh, <laughs> ups and downs of his Celtic career. They weren't all his fault, some of the downs, and there was a lot more ups, really. I mean, look all the trophies one way, same with Tom Rogic, and no doubt our good pal Dalers, who's a Tom Rogic fanatic, will be shedding a tear when we do that episode next week once you listen to that right so now on to the the first of the two important parts at the end of the game Celtic get or three in fact Celtic getting the trophy you interviewing the players and then the big party in Merchant City right we'll talk about getting the trophy first I saw that it was Nier and Tom that brought the trophy out and what were your favourite parts of that I thought Andrew's speech which I watched on Saturday was absolutely fantastic yeah Andrew's speech just when he closed it, saying he wants everyone to enjoy today, enjoy the summer, we'll come back bigger and better, because we never stop. And do you know the best part about that, John? I actually believe him. I think Celtic next season under Ange, we're pre-season, with no Champions League qualifiers to play, with a settled squad, with Ange's signings, now actually being title winners and getting that experience, at double winners actually, I think we're only going to get better. And I really, that's why I was like marking out at that moment. You know, you've seen me like roaring or something as if it was a uh, stone cold was coming out or something because I was just losing it. Just because simply I believe everything the manager says and I think he will have us hitting the ground running next season. And I think we will be bigger and I think we will be better, John. No, I agree, but okay. Uh, now what about... Did uh, any of the players' celebrations stand out for you or anything? What about what, uh, what Callum McGregor said? What did you make of his speech? With Callum McGregor just re- reaffirms how Ange made the right choice of making him captain. I think there were a few doubts with Callum McGregor. People were saying, John, back in the early days, he's not as vocal as Bruni. He doesn't wind other players up as much, but he's just a phenomenal football player. He's been a great leader. He's bought into everything that the manager has basically tried to get across for day one. And he's been so important to help all the other players integrate. I mean, you think about it, John, here's one. All the nationalities and everything in that team, Cal McGregor's got to be at the centre of that. Must be really difficult. And it's up there with like 97, 98 in terms of like getting a team to all gel together and do it quickly so we can mount some form of challenge. And we've exceeded that, just like the team in 98. It's Honestly, it's an incredible job that the manager and McGregor have done. And there's no doubt about it for me that Callum McGregor is just the ideal captain for this club. I can't imagine a Celtic without him. I can't imagine Callum McGregor anywhere else now. And I hope, I dare say he will, but I really just hope that Callum McGregor does end his career at Celtic. It doesn't even go anywhere else for like one or two years, you know, like Scott Brown did. I just hope he's at Celtic for the rest of his career and ends it there. Uh, here, here. I completely agree with that. Right, so that's enough about on-the-pitch stuff, now off-the-pitch. Tell the listeners what happened when you spoke to the Celtic players after the game. Yeah, so after the game, it was myself and 
lot of the other guys involved in fan media. So we all went in gate two and we were pitch side actually while the team were doing the lap of honour. So while a lot of fans were still in the stadium, we were all just down at the corner flag. It was a pretty nice experience. A couple of guys for the stands were shouting at herself and Hamish, which was nice. Um, it wasn't the abuse either, so that's always <laughs> a bonus. But no, it was just like, it's very lucky and privileged to be in that position. And um, that's why we tried to get as much questions in as possible. Unfortunately, the players didn't have a lot of time. So the only one I managed to get a question into was Gigi, as I said earlier on. Um, I was recording audio, of course, with the Callum McGregor one. And then like within a few minutes, he had to go and do some other PR thing. Like You could tell the players were rushed about and it was all very planned for them all. Um, they all had like a, a strict routine. It was like a few minutes each and that's fair enough. The days must be hectic. Gigi got about five minutes with us though and he came across really well. I liked his personality. He seemed as if Johnny had a lot of time for the fans there. It seemed as if he was very humble. They just seemed like a really down-to-earth guy. And again, I'll shut up about that because I can imagine I'll end up talking and going on and on about Gigi for the rest of this podcast. But I just want everybody to know, man, what a very big sound guy he is. Sounded like John Reed anyway. And then when it came to Ange, we got like 10 minutes or so with Ange. And in fact, this is a funny story. <laughs> um, I didn't get to ask Ange a question because I had something stuck in my throat and people noticed it. Tears were coming down my eyes and it genuinely looked. <laughs> Shut up. It, there's a joke about this on 67 Hail Hail. Hamish noticed it. But there's a point where it was just something stuck in my throat. But tears were coming down my face and everything. And I was genuinely struggling to sort of cough. And I think a couple of people turned around going, what is up with him? A lot of people can't answer that question, John. But not after a couple of minutes, I eventually sat down. And I was ready to ask Andrew that question, but no, he disappeared. He was away. So <laughs> there we go. That's what happened. But no, again, I've recorded all the audio with that. So it was only Gigi I got to speak to. The audio, I don't think there's any point that's putting on here. I think a lot of other people, a lot of listeners, if you listen to 67 Hail Hail, you'll see it on that. Hamish got as much audio of Ange, Gigi and Callum McGregor as he could. He beefed it right up as well and they put it on the website. So I suggest going to 67 Hail Hail for the complete fan media audio. But it was a great experience and it got even better because, John, as you've probably seen, we got to do a video inside Celtic Park. Yes, that's right. We say by we, you mean you, because I was uh, getting drunk in a garden somewhere. But uh, tell us about that then. Tell us uh, about making the video in Celtic Park. Well, credit does go to Hamish because, you know, as everybody was going out, Hamish had his bag with all the equipment and the security guy at Celtic Park. Can't mind his name, but he's always there when you do the post-match press conferences. Really, really nice guy. And Hamish just chanced it and just went, is there any chance we could do a video here for like 20 minutes or so? Just at this wee section, you know, the bit where the corner flag is. I think it one two one. that's where you sometimes sit, isn't it, John, when you get a ticket? Uh, yes, it is, yes, yes. Hamish just said, could we maybe do a video here for 20 minutes and then edit it and... The worst we'll get told is no. But the guy said, aye, on you go. Um, you know, it was the end of the season and I guess there was a relaxed mood around Celtic, but he went out of his way to do that and that was really appreciated from myself and Hamish. So we just talked over the game, talked about the press conference, talked about the day in general and how fun it was. And, you know, when it came to trophy days, I would say it was up there with 2001 or maybe 2016 as well when we trounced Marable 7-0, despite that season being a bit of a washout. That was a really good trophy day. And it was, I always remember them standing out saying that that game against Marable, the 7-0 game, the Jack Aitchison goal, Stuart Armstrong, who'd never the best of seasons under Dyla, 
remember saying to Manco next to me that game, I think he's going to go into be a player next season if he's managed properly, and he was. So we things like that and that trophy day added up into making it a very memorable one. But yeah, certainly Saturday was probably the best trophy day I can think of, better than any of the ones in the Brendan years too, because John, the Brendan ones, I mean, we were always expected to win the league, weren't we? And we were always just, it was like a tap in from day one, whereas this was more special for the fact that this team were written off and the fans were fighting with Ange and they were all in it together. And we beat a very strong Rangers side to the title. So to me, it's been the best. And you've probably seen that photo that's doing the rounds of me and my favourite player. Yes, I did see it. Yes, I did. Uh, and well done to uh, JJ for uh, taking time out for his no doubt busy schedule to get a brief uh, mark picture with you. Because no doubt he's a big fan of Gigpod as well. At the age I am, it's a bit embarrassing having to scheme for a player and say, can I get your photo? But I'll make an exception for JJ. And he was so decent. And I might as well tell everyone here, this is a shoot. When me and Hamish got the photos with him, Hamish basically said, oh, he loves you, you're his favourite player. JJ turned around and went, me, really? And you know, I seen my big face. I was, I was more emotional than what I was when uh, Rogic went off. It was just incredible to be so close to JJ. And then the funniest part was he, re- he basically held his hand out. Now, I when he held his hand out to me, I was like, eh, what's going on? Because I think... In my head, for some reason, I took that as him wanting his phone back. And I was like, no, no, it's my phone. And he just laughed at me and Hamish pissed himself as well. Jesus Christ. I know, I didn't realise he wanted a handshake. So I'm like, what did he want to shake my hand for? But then he, he just laughed and I went, all right, okay. And shook his hand and that was it. So uh, there's me embarrassing myself in front of a right back that's probably going to be playing for a massive team in a few years. By the way, and a, a note before we go into Mercer City, did Hamish have to lug all his gear to Merchant City as well? He did, yes. He's a big boy. Yes, I know. Was that not an absolute pain in the arse for him? When you, when you consider how crowded Merchant City was? No, he wasn't right inside it though. Like, we did the filming right where that wallpaper shop is. The Untouchables, is it? It is, yes. What a shop. You can briefly talk about your great interviews with Hamish that you've done with Six Seven Hail Hail. I was impressed with you interviewing the the wee boys. <laughs> you had to kneel down and that was fantastic. But just talk about that briefly and then go into the Merchant City Mayhem because I want to know about that because obviously, I, as everybody knows, missed it. So talk about the, the interviews you did and then what it was like in Merchant City, which was rammed. Doing the interviews was just fun as well. We just wanted to get as many fans on as possible, male, female, um, old, young, just a real diverse group of people to talk about the game with, talk about the season with. And everybody was pretty decent with us. The two wee guys that you were talking about, they were great. And I think it was their mum they were with. She was loving the channel and all the stuff we do on it too. So it was fun when I was doing this and when I agreed to it with Hamish. I was like, there's going to be somebody out there who absolutely hates me going by the opinions I've got and my persona, so bring a stab-proof fest or something, but no, I didn't need it in the end, everybody was okay, so it just goes to show, John, that shock horror, maybe I might be a decent guy after all. This is just vomit-inducing on his ego stuff. More importantly, did uh, did MD ask for me when uh, you were doing the interviews? Did MD say, where's Rizzo? Nah, a couple of people did, yes. Anyway, uh, move on to the next part. <laughs> I wanted to talk about myself. I mean, we'll do that later. Right, okay, on to Merchant City then. I did see some videos and it did look fantastic, if a tad crowded. And what, what was that like, really? I mean, I, as you know, I'm, and this this is a running theme with me, I managed to miss the last two parties we had 
uh, in Scottish Cup final day against Motherwell and against Hearts because I was working. In fact, working with Hamish one of the days. So that's three big parties in a row I've uh, managed to miss. So some record that, but what was that like then doing it at um, Merchants? What, what was like, was it just like people singing or just sort of standing like, and then a immense throng of people and like trying somewhere desperately to sit and drink, get beer because all the pubs were rammed up? What was that like? Incredible. Just, I can't even think of the numbers that were there. Like, I think Sunday, the Glasgow calculator out, Hamish asked them, how many people do you think are up there? And they said, oh, 40-odd thousand. Aye, okay, no bother. With two million in Seville as well. But, no, it was just a great day. A lot of people were standing, milling about. A lot of people were singing. A lot of people were dancing. Combination of everything. But, walking through, after me and Hamish finished, we were there for about two hours or so. I went through about half six-ish, maybe seven to go and meet up with people. Um, Alex from London, the Australian girl, and many others um, were all outside Bar Square. So caught up with them. Shout out as well to Lee, the Spurs fan, who's got a soft spot for Celtic. He was there and he was having a great time. A Spurs fan with like 1% of affection for Celtic nowadays <laughs> was still managing to have a great time in Merchant Square. It's more than one, I think, more than one. So I did, I did uh, text him when I was on the train, but he was... Going to get the, the other train back to Edinburgh. Now, was an unnamed man uh, who's got a job we can't talk about, was he also there as well? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was there. He was there. And again, the usual faces were all there. But no, hold on. You didn't see uh, Spunk Phone, though. Spunk Phone, I did not see, no. I think he was busy doing other things. Uh, he was he was uh, otherwise engaged that night because I'd already... I just assumed I just assumed to get the jail to be honest. <laughs> I hope I hope they shave before they uh, get the jail or they, they wouldn't know what age he is. But everyone that was there had a great time. I think my uncle and my granddad were down there as well. I didn't even see them, but there was really no bother. And despite uh, <laughs> certain politicians and editors of newspapers trying to make out as if it was the aftermath of the battle of Mogadishu, it really wasn't a big fuss at all big deal some bottles and some paper was lying about it got cleaned up and everybody just had a good time and that's what it was all about john most importantly what booze did you buy because you couldn't get in any pubs well i had to settle for what was it i had to go to a pub later and properly enjoy a few pints of st mungo because i'm not going to say what happened right but i basically had to leave after like an hour somebody very close to me get absolutely wrecked and they are a legend, but somebody very close to me get wrecked. Thank you, brother. Shut up. No, you. But somebody close to me get wrecked and had to make sure they were getting up the road safe and sound. So I sacrificed myself. I took time away for getting properly steaming on dark fruits to get said individual up the road because I'm just such a great guy, John. And then eventually in the house, I had, uh, this, is, this is when you know that I really needed a drink just to see the day out. Jack and Coke. And I hate Jack Daniels nowadays, but I had some Jack and Coke. That's a blast for the past. I stopped drinking that years ago because it got me so drunk, but I probably should have had one on Saturday if I'd remembered. But uh, no, I mean, it sounds like a great day and I really am uh, bummed out I missed it. Uh, It would have been great being at uh, Merchant City. I mean, obviously the game would have been good as well, but it would have been a good laugh getting to see everybody down at Merchant City, see all the usual faces, Dalers, Alex, uh, Lee, the other people we won't name, uh, and the rest of the mob. But I mean, we did still have uh, 
some good days at this season, especially after the Rangers game, which was sensational. I know it's a very recognisable coupon, but still in the crowds and all that, the amount of people that recognised us and basically did say that they thought Gigpod was truly one of the greats was absolutely class. So thanks to everybody who stopped and was saying nice things about Gigpod. I can only put it down to them being absolutely steaming, of course, but still, they said nice things. They must have been steaming, because I think for every uh, video that I've watched, everybody was steaming, but it looks like a fantastic day, and it's what being a Celtic fan is all about. Right now, the important part of the show, do you want to ask me about the wedding? Tell us about this food stuff you're talking about, the menu, about how weird it was, and tell us about what you were getting steaming on. Uh, right. First of all, it was, a great, it was a great day, and congratulations to Dean and Sarah. It was a great day. Enjoyed the honeymoon in good old Brussels they're going to this week. <laughs> it was a weird wedding because there was over 100 people there, but you couldn't bring a plus one. That was one of the rules. So, sadly, no poor lucky woman got to go to the wedding with me and see me in my wonderful suit and floral shirt. So, I had to go with my family. I mean, <laughs> and it was all like seven years there, which was weird. But no, it was a great wedding. Uh, it was in a stables in Edinburgh that I won't name, and it was outside, and it was fantastic weather. Uh, and Best of all, I mean, apart from getting to see my cousins and all that, they'd, they'd free cools. They'd free bottles of cools. Literally three free bottles. But unfortunately, I only get one of them and the other two get snapped up. I really should have got them all at the same time. But they all get snapped up. <laughs> the dinner situation was odd. Uh, I don't really want to say much in case people are listening. But I seem to be one of the lucky ones where I, I had never had a plate at my table for some reason. And I says, have I not got a plate? And they went, oh, you're a vegetarian, aren't you? Uh, and I went, aye. And they went, oh, we've got something special for you. So I ended up getting a whole <laughs> a whole of stuff. And then when my mum was at another table sitting beside my uncle, because it was obviously his daughter that got married. And I says to her later, what, the next day, what was the dinner like? She said, what did you, we didn't, like, I don't know, their dinner situation wasn't right, but mine was actually sensational. But I really can't remember what I had because I was unfortunately very, very drunk. And I can't even remember the name of one of my cousin's cousin's husbands who was sitting across from me at the table, who was a season ticket holder, and he was missing uh, the game, just like I was missing. Although I didn't bother telling him about Gigpod because I completely forgot about it. And then the real fun started when it, uh, on the trip to Glasgow, where apparently I got the train back with my cousin. Apparently he was saying, and I vaguely remember that I was singing Celtic songs dead loudly in the train. Uh, which I vaguely remember, and I think there was a a, a couple sitting across from us who I don't know very uh, happy about it, so I can only apologise to them. So then I get back to Glasgow uh, after nine, and as Spunk Phone predicted, it was only really the dregs that were about. There was hardly anybody about, and I whenever I texted them, they I couldn't get them. Obviously, they were they were dingying me as to see in Glasgow. So I thought, oh, I know, I'll go and buy some beer to take up the road. So I ended up buying a four-pack of Strongbow. But then I thought, I know, I'll go to O'Neill's in Central Station. I mean, Union Street, I doubt that'll be good. And it was good. And unfortunately, I drank a whole day pints of Cools in there, three or four. And uh, But it was good, though, because the guy was uh, singing Celtic songs, playing a guitar, singing Celtic songs, and loads of people were singing and stuff. But then I thought, I think I better go home now, when I could hardly uh, keep, my, keep up right. And apparently I got a number seven bus home, but I don't remember that. And then uh, I was very, very hungover the next day. And I may or may not 
have been sick twice in the toilet. No, no confirmation in that. But no, it was a great day. Uh, best wishes to Dean and Sarah. I hope they uh, got to have a, a wonderful life together. But uh, no, that's my that's my exciting wedding adventure. If you are still listening, everyone, well done. Hold on a minute, hold on. That wasn't as long as your endless groan about how how great you are and all the interviews and all that you've done. My my, my story there was brief in comparison to all your egomania stuff for this episode, so we've both got a right to be egomaniacs in this episode because we had such interesting days on Saturday. I can only hope the audience are still awake and enjoyed this podcast. This is a very weird one, isn't it, John, where for some reason... The game is just an afterthought. This is just about everything else. Yes, and uh, I forgot to actually say that I was drinking Peroni mostly on Saturday. Great beer. It was a great beer, but I think that uh, contributed to my my stinking hangover. Don't don't mix your drinks. That's my advice. So you must have had a terrible hangover on Sunday as well, then. Or are you made of stronger stuff than me? No, I had a pretty bad hangover as well. Not only that, but I was also up at four in the morning and couldn't get back to sleep. Then get a taxi home. Yeah, it's right. I didn't stay at my house, so get a taxi <laughs> home. <laughs> yes, thank you, Mister Man of Mystery. Yeah, so uh, get a taxi home, and then fell asleep from like eight to eleven or something, and that was fine. That sorted me out. Then I had to go and be a great family, guys. I am John. So, I the Sunday was all right. This is like the last normal episode of the season, and uh, what a season it's been. I mean, there's no other interesting football games happening this week, and that's the only reference we'll make about that. But uh, no, it's been a great season. Uh, Selic have been wonderful, basically. They've just done far better than we all expected, and it's such a long way for that podcast on the Saturday night when you were at a wedding, when we played Hearts, and me and Spunkphone done that podcast, and we were just... And despair about how Celtic, the state of Celtic was looking, and just to think, no, no, even a year later, we're champions. We won the league cup. We beat Rangers three nothing. We're back in the Champions League. We've signed a load of fantastic players, and like Celtic just seemed united and ready to go on and conquer Europe. Well, okay, that maybe not you conquered Europe, but I mean at least do something in Europe. I mean, as you, I think the team will be better next season as well. And no, it's just. A completely different, completely different for last year, obviously for a number of reasons, but completely different for even what I thought would happen in July when I thought oh, this season's going to be terrible. I can't even see really challenging. But Ange and the players proved proved us all wrong. I should have had more faith in Ange, and I'd just like to say thanks to them for a wonderful, wonderful season. You've made made us all proud to be Celtic fans again. Well, was up, but we're a guy like Ange at the helm. You're definitely proud to be a Celtic fan. They've been brilliant. And they've gave 100% pretty much every game. And that's why we're champions. I know it sounds a cliche, but they have worked really, really hard. I mean, it wasn't a very easy start they had at all. Going to Livingston away, Pitodre, Tynecastle, Ibrox. Difficult for a new team, John. Even like Juranovic making his debut at Ibrox and everything, they all added together. But we get mentally stronger as the season went on. Certainly in recent years, it's just been my favourite season. Following Celtic, doing this has been enjoyable. Last season was murder. I mean, I know we had part of but it really was murder. And a lot of that was just because, you know, we couldn't get to the games. I think if we could, it wouldn't have been anywhere near as bad. But hopefully the days are behind us forever. And I'm probably the happiest I've ever been with Celtic. I'm now at the stage, John, where I think Celtic are 
probably the mid, the main factor outside, you know, like family and work. Celtic are probably the main factor in my life. Freakishly obsessed with them, always have been. Yes, I can vouch for that, yes. I can vouch for that. You are freakishly obsessed with them. No matter what, we've had to work really hard for this title. We've had to work so hard getting the wins away from home. I mean, you saw that, the wins at Ross County, like Pataudry and Tynecastle. We've churned them out as well as blown teams away, but not once have we ever went into games thinking, ah, this is a gimme, this is a shoe in. That team have worked so, so hard to bring it home, and that's what I can appreciate now. When maybe it wasn't, I didn't see that under Brendan. I was just a few games would be done at half time, but not now. We've had to work so hard to beat a very good team to the title, and we've done it. And yeah, I think I'm always going to be even more obsessed with Celtic now, and my life will certainly will centre around Celtic way way more now. The happier I am with the club, um, and long may it continue. Because to be honest, just let everybody else listening. Don't want to make it as if I'm just a special case along with John, but. It's not just like supporting my team, isn't it? No, it's they genuinely are a big part of life now, man. <laughs> they are. Uh, they are. It's weird. I mean, I suppose it's always been like that, but I mean, I stopped going to games years ago and because I was bored, basically. <laughs> but now I'm like really trying to get to as many games as possible. And I mean, no, I mean, Celic always are a big factor in your life. I mean, we do a podcast about Celic practically every week and we're going to do a load of episodes in the summer. So, no, I mean, I don't know what else to say. I mean, we never stop, Celtic never stop, and GigPod never stops. And if that isn't the way to end a podcast, I don't know what is. On to the plugs. No, you're right, we don't stop because we're going to be doing the Neil Beaton and Tom Rogic episode. And then we're going to be doing the GigPod end of season awards. So check out our Instagram for that. We've not really mentioned it a lot on Twitter. So yeah, check out our Instagram and you'll see what the categories and all that are. And we're going to give you know, a lot to the viewers as well to vote on. So once more, it's at GigPod for the Instagram if you want to keep up to date with the GigPod end of season awards. It's going to be a lot of fun and it'll be a right good laugh. So John, cheers for coming on. Everybody, thanks for listening. I'm Stevie. I'll let Rizzo, the legend, Thank you, do his final proper outro of the season. Right, we might even do the, uh, the awards podcast in person so we can get good and drunk while we're doing it. And um, hopefully we can... Talk about all my best bits for the podcast this year because there've been so many. I mean, just that wedding speech there—that was, that was sensational. But yes, you know what to find us when our Stevie says on Instagram. Really, thanks to all the followers and viewers we're getting on Instagram for all Stevie's videos, and you can check out all the categories for the end of year awards there. Obviously, follow Stevie on Twitter at GigPod for all his usual crazy escapades. And you know where to find us by now. I mean, we've been doing this podcast for a long time now. We're not going to stop. We never stop. Uh, but you know where to find us on all the usual podcast platforms. And give us good reviews and good ratings. Tell us how great we are. And the ratings have been good. The reviews and ratings have been good recently. I think we're at 4.9 or something on iTunes. I saw the Apple podcast. So, I mean, thanks everybody for that. So, we'll be back uh, sometime next week with uh, Tom Rogic's near beat on tribute episodes. So, if any fans have got their favourite memories of them, they can maybe send us on Instagram or on Twitter their, uh, their favourite memories there. And Stevie can pick them, read them. So, that's more work for Stevie to do and known for me to do. Or I might have a look as well, maybe. But uh, just again, thanks to Celtic for everything this season. It's been wonderful. We're back where we belong. Don't want to sound maudlin here. Sniff, sniff, but. Celtic, thank you. You have made us very happy again. We're back where we belong. We never stop. Thanks to you for listening. 
and heal, heal. Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.